On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. I would spend my summers at um, Long Beach Island, New Jersey. So there was a lot of New Jersey in my growing up. As far as music... I mentioned my mom. She was a huge influence. She listened to everything from Motown to like Vanilla Fudge. And my dad was like a big into like Steppenwolf and the Beatles. And as was my mom, everyone was into the Beatles. <laughs> but I, I mean, she never like limited what we could listen to growing up. So if we wanted to listen to like Judas Priest or Ozzy Osbourne, she would let us buy the buy their music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is Sherry Thomas, a former podcaster. Uh, she's taken a little break from her previous podcast, though I'm sure she's keeping her hand in it. And she was nice enough to have me on the show earlier, your podcaster mind, Sherry. Welcome to Set Lessing Bruce. Hi, Jesse. How are you? I am great. So I, I heard exciting news, right? That you uh, just got a booster. <laughs> yes, I did yesterday. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um for those who are interested, um, it, you know, the injection site for the uh, booster is a little sore, and I am experiencing a little bit of achiness, but it is well worth it. So I'm, I'm guessing in a couple of hours it'll be all, all gone. So. Yeah, I haven't gotten my booster yet, though I'm, I'm looking to see when I can do it to get it, because they are offering it here in Dallas or I guess throughout the country. So, Sherry, tell us a little about yourself. Well, Jesse, uh, <laughs> a short story is um, basically I've been a music lover since I was basically out of the womb. So um, <laughs> I've enjoyed all different types of music, um, you know, primarily from uh influences from my parents and then, you know, uh, being of the um, age of, I guess it was 10 when MTV started, I was pretty much hooked to the television set and um, joined a college radio station when I was 17 and did that for about, I want to say about six years. And then I uh, went into writing for a couple of music publications and uh dipped my toes into podcasting for quite some time, including the uh, podcast that you mentioned, your podcast or mine. Um, I ended at uh, about a year ago uh, due to a couple of surgeries. And, uh, you know, as you know, doing a podcast is very time consuming and being a, a one person show, it, it was very difficult for me to keep up and do physical therapy and, 
and uh, do all that recovery. So I decided to, to table it, and now I am writing again for one of the publications that I used to write for called the Aquarian Weekly, which is based out of New Jersey, and um, it's been in publication since 1969, so it's it's been around the block a while, and I'm doing book reviews and CD reviews, and I'm loving it. So that's basically <laughs> that's basically it right now. That is great, Sherry. I, I really appreciate it. I enjoyed being on your podcast and thought it was a lot of fun. Um, talk to me a little about your writing. Uh, what and and I know specifically when you reached out to me, you wanted to talk about uh, Little Steven's new book. But before we get to that specific, just talk about um, kind of you know what what you've been. What kind of writing? What have you seen? Where where can we find it? Okay, well, as I mentioned before, um, it's the Aquarian Weekly, and um, you can find it online at theaquarian.com. Um, again, it's a, a publication based out of New Jersey, and um, it covers basically the tri-state area, but I live in Florida, so <laughs> they're allowing me to do um, book reviews and um uh, CD reviews, album reviews, and um, lately I've been, um, you know, reviewing books. Uh, the latest one was the uh, Renegades, Born in the USA by Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. That was the latest um, article that I wrote. Um, but I've covered everything from uh, Nikki Six's new autobiography to photo book called Immortal Axes of Guitars, uh, Eddie Van Halen's biography, John Mellencamp, um, and also uh, Stevie Van Zandt, as as I mentioned before, and a couple of others. So um, that, that's basically, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading, um, music biographies and autobiographies and picture books and uh, talking about them, but um, I'm going to be writing a little bit more for them in the capacity of album reviews so i'm looking forward to that good i I really enjoyed the renegades podcast and i got the hardback you know just uh when it was released and i'm making my way through it Um, a lot of beautiful photos in there and a lot of interesting behind the scenes it is much more than just the transcript of the podcast isn't it Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely um, revealing. It, they share a lot of their views on, of course, politics, but um, a, a lot of other things like fatherhood and and their experiences growing up uh, with an absent father. <laughs> so um, that and you know they of course share their like favorite protest songs and artists and and it's it's a really like look into two unlikely people that would form a friendship like this, but it's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always like to start at the beginning. We kind of dwelled off on your writing, but you, you talked about how much you love music your whole life. Um, share growing up, where did you grow up and what kind of music did you listen to as a kid? Okay, well, I grew up in, uh, well, first off, I was born in Los Angeles on the Sunset Strip, literally, Um, (laughs) and uh, I lived in West Virginia for 
about three or four years of my early life. Then we uh, moved, my family and I moved to the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and uh, I grew up there. It was a rural area, but um, luckily uh, my mom was pretty cool, and she would like uh, take us to all over New Jersey and uh, Philadelphia and New York City and stuff. So we were exposed to a lot of things. A lot of people in that area at the time were landlocked and didn't really explore. We loved to explore. So that that was, and I would spend my summers at um, Long Beach Island, New Jersey. So um, there was a lot of New Jersey in my growing up. Um, as far as music, um, I mentioned my mom. Um, she was a huge influence. She listened to everything from Motown to like Vanilla Fudge and and uh my dad was like a big into like Steppenwolf and the Beatles and you know as was my mom everyone was into the Beatles um <laughs> but i i mean she never like limited what we could listen to growing up so if we wanted to listen to like Judas Priest or Ozzy Osbourne she would let us you know buy the buy their music or, and you know then the dawning of of MTV happened when I was like 10 years old. So, I mean, literally, I loved everything, uh, you know, everything from Michael Jackson to, you know, Prince was one of my favorites, of course, Bruce Springsteen, but I liked everything from rock, hard rock, new wave, R&B, pop, <laughs> you know, country, a little bit of country, a little bit of um, hip hop. There, there was no boundary for me. I, I listened to everything and I still do. I still listen to everything. Can you remember when you first discovered Bruce? I want to say when I was about uh, 12. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I went to New Jersey a lot um, as a kid and just listening to the radio and pretty much fell in love with Clarence first. <laughs> then, then Bruce. Um, <laughs> I loved his I loved his saxophone playing. Um, that's what drew me in at first. And then, you know, of, of course, growing older, Born in the USA came out and that was everywhere. Um, and I was still, you know, quite young. I was like maybe about 13, 14 at the time. So um, that was a big deal. Um, was into my first born in the USA was was pretty much the the gateway. It pretty much opened up at the door after that. And growing older and and diving into a, a little deeper, I, I guess it it just blew the door wide open for for that. So, what about Clarence's music and Bruce spoke to you? Just the soul that Clarence put into it, and the the friendship that you could tell that was formed between the two of them. You could tell like they were friends until the end and, and that lived to be true. When, and I love how you mentioned, because I, I say the same thing about born in the USA. It, it was everywhere. And all of a sudden, you know, everyone was a Bruce fan. Talk to me about kind of, as you discovered Bruce, did you go and explore other albums? Did you, you know, his other back catalog? Talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, basically, well, you you have to know that I was like, li I was listening to everything. So, um, I, so I had like, cassette tapes were king back then. So, I mean, I had like, honestly, about 
a th- at least a thousand different cassette tapes. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so you know, I my um, I didn't really like get into Bruce until I want to say like my college years, until I was like seventeen or eighteen years old when I started uh, DJing. Um, that's that's when I started exploring a little bit more and going, you know, diving into like. You know, the Born in, uh, not the Born in the USA album, but um, like the, you know, the river and uh, Born to Run, run Darkness and and, and things, yeah. Yeah, and then like really, and and that really opened my eyes up to to more of his lyrical um, things. And then, you know, uh, growing older, go through experiences and understand life a little bit more. And I guess probably I really dove in when pretty much I want to say about 20 years ago when I was like in my 30s you know that's when I really started to jump in a little bit more and and dug through like the rarities the b-sides the uh, readings from Asbury Park and really started like reading up on him a little bit more and and discovering a bit more about um, his upbringing and no, and then of course watching different documentaries and TV shows and things like that, I I really found out that he was more like me than I thought he was. So before we get into Little Steven's book, what was your thoughts on actual Bruce's autobiography? It opened my eyes. Like I said, like I found out how much more he was like me than than not. Just his just his youth and you know, struggling with uh, a family that was dysfunctional, <laughs> but had uh, a lot of heart to it. Just kind of like John Mellencamp's autobiography. They they had you know lived kind of like a similar life, um, you know, with fathers that were a little, you know, well maybe not a little, but a lot, <laughs> like you you know, conflicted with things, and um, you know I. I think um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the time um, I was really, you know, I, I guess conflicted with him was like in the Born in the USA time when when he wasn't really sure of who he was and he kind of got like sidetracked by the Hollywood stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, although she may be a nice person and stuff, but marrying the wrong person, um you know, and I, I think finally, like his his eyes opened up a little bit more, and he he wound up with the right girl. <laughs> it it does seem that you know, and he was very open in his book about the his first marriage was a lot of its shortcomings were his shortcomings themselves, and him not feeling worthy but it does seem like he found um a good partner a good companion on this part of the ride to quote you know one of the songs um where patty seems to be you know an equal someone who can help him you know manage the demons that are in his life so yeah well done um so I picked up Little Steven's book. Um, I, I he had said in several interviews that 
he wrote this more with the audio version in mind. In other words, like this is a conversation. And I did think it was a very casual uh, book. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Well, I was impressed by it, honestly. Um, you know, he, he is, um, you know, he's an under underdog, basically, who, you know, and what I found through a lot of reading a lot of the music biographies, there's only one plan. There is no plan B. All of these musicians, it doesn't matter who it is, there's only one plan, and that's to do music for the rest of their life, and nothing's going to stop them, and there is no backup plan. Even though everyone told them, get a backup plan, there wasn't music that that was going to be it and i found that with with stevie i found that with bruce i found that with um you know nikki six john, john mellencamp the, the whole gamut like you know matt sorum the drummer for guns and roses twisted sisters bass player uh you know like a, a whole bunch of people and um you know even reading um biographies and autobiographies before that same thing no plan b <laughs> that's you know music was what they were going to do and that's it no no <laughs> no other thing and started in youth you know just like you know they picked the song and for a lot of people it was uh the beatles on uh Ed Sullivan show that, you know, that was like the watershed moment. Like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, that was just like Stevie and Stevie took a lot of chances. He, you know, broke with, with Bruce Springsteen at the height of Bruce Springsteen's career and his too, um, to, uh, fulfill other ideas that he had. And, you know, he came out of it. Okay. Um, but you know, he kind of like kicked himself by saying, why didn't I like stick around, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but he did it his way, just like, just like Frank Sinatra, but he, um, you know, created a path for himself with, um, you know, landing as, uh, Silvio Dante on the Sopranos and then Lily Hammer and then, you know, starting the syndicated Little Stevens Underground Garage, which, you know, is a, a great show if you, you know, happen to hear it on syndicated radio or on satellite radio where they have like two, he has like three dedicated channels to um, Outlaw Country, the um, coolest songs in the world that just started like a about a week ago on November 3rd, which is um, really cool. And also the Little Stevens Underground Garage, which, you know, they play a lot of you know, his influences, but a lot of different music that you would never hear if you didn't tune in. So, yeah, you know, I do think it fascinating. And one of the things that I really enjoyed, and I'd first heard this when he was on uh, Brian Koppelman's, uh, the guy who co-wrote uh, Invented Billions, does a podcast and he had interviewed in Stephen had said that he tell bands now don't break up that you know go do your individual projects go you know be solo artists but never officially break up the band because you can always come back to it and it's always there and it I found it fascinating 
his what if in the book like if he had not left the band would Niels had joined them probably not would they have brought in Patty would Bruce have found Patty would Nelson Mandela probably still would have been released but would it has happened as quick and all the things the good things that happened because of him leaving in his mind seems to um, counterbalance all the bad things and as far as financial success and and uh, commercial success for him as an artist Mm -hmm. well yeah I mean also not just that but would there have been a Silvio Dante? Would there have been, um, you know, would there have been a Sopranos? Because, um, you know, Tony Soprano was originally written for Little Steven. Little Steven didn't want it. He said, you know, let's let's get someone else for this. You know, I'll play this consigliere like I have been my whole life. You know, that's what yeah. I know how to do. You know, and, and until Lily Hammer, then that, that was a different, you know, he had had some... Um, chops under his belt. But, you know, the same thing goes with, um, you know, South Africa. Would Nelson Mandela, you know, have been in prison for the rest of his life? You know, would people still be playing Sun City, you know, without knowing the repercussions of it? You know, so you, it really opens up your eyes about different, different things, you know, not just um, like, in pop culture, but like culturally speaking, period, you know? Yeah. Um, I read somewhere and I don't remember where I must've been on Facebook, maybe on Twitter that someone didn't enjoy the book. Uh, they felt like that, um, he came across as a little bit, um, egotistical and, and I did not feel that way at all. I did feel that he was, he had a lot of self, um, you know, kind of making fun of himself. Or oh, it's, you know, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, thank you. I was, couldn't oh. find the word. Uh, oh. You know, that, and, and just kind of all, very much like, well, you know, making fun of the fact that, you know, every time he tried to get a manager, it didn't work out like, you know, or, or like projects that ever didn't work out or like things that this sounded like, oh, we're going to do the next great pop hit. And then, well, it didn't work out, uh, you know, and he, I think I think he is happy with his career, but also sees what could have been. And like all of us can go, eh, you know, overall, I'm happy where I ended. But there were some tangents that made you know, the road not taken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, Jesse, like, isn't that what an autobiography is? It's egotistical, really? I mean, yes. because you're talking about yourself, you know? So, like, yeah. Hello, like that's what an autobiography is, or that's what a biography is about. I mean, it's not about, um, you know, 
someone else's experiences. It's about the person who's writing the book experiences. If I'm going to write an autobiography, it's how I felt. It's not about how, you know, someone else felt about the situation because, because other people have different views on, on what, you know, happened and during a point in, in your particular life, like, you know, okay, let's, let's say for example, um, Okay, I was in a in really bad uh, car crash when I was in uh, like 2011. Okay. So my my perception of the car crash is going to be different than the person who hit me's perspective of the car crash, right? So <laughs> it changed my life one way, but did it change the other person's life in the same way? Probably not. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's that's what I find funny about how people like judge different autobiographies. I thought the book was well written. I thought that he, you know, he was not unflinching. He didn't hold back. He said how what he felt and how he felt it and didn't hold any punches. And you know, and the fact of the matter is is that he did leave Bruce and, you know, it came around full circle, and they're still best friends. You know, they're still friends, and they still, you know, support each other no matter what they do, whether it's, uh, you know, Bruce's Springsteen show on, on Broadway or his solo albums or, or Little Steven's book or, or anything like that. You know, they, still, they always come around and, and support each other. So, you know, that's... That's what I found. It, it, you know, just because he made decisions that he didn't, um, you know, uh, he may have like regretted. He doesn't, you know, hold back and say, "Oh, look, I made a mistake," but hey, I learned from it. Let's let's move on. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think that's <clears throat> I. One, I agree with you. I think it was very well written. I thought too it was a it was an entertaining read. Sometimes biographies or autobiographies can be a little dry for me, uh, and and so I didn't. I found this one very fascinating, very good, um, it very insightful, and um, I. I love his awareness and it appears both he and Bruce based on their books have found a peace with themselves. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they like that. This is me warts and all. And I, I like where I'm at. Uh, and, you know, and hopefully you're going to like me, but if not, that's okay. Uh, because I've accepted the fact that this is it. Um, and how much, you know, um, you know, Maureen has stuck with him and they've found their things together. So I, I just thought this was a fascinating book and I really recommend everyone to, uh, check it out. And, and he, he goes into a lot of details of not just him and the E Street Band, but other, you know, other music and other people he worked with. And, you know, he's had an incredibly diverse career. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> in, Put it lightly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. in a yeah, in a lot of ways more diverse than Bruce, right? Like Bruce is yeah, as you talked about, I'm I'm a musician and that's what I'm do. And uh, you know, little Steven on the other hand had, you know, a lot of creative ideas all over the place, you know, to act, to write, to produce. Uh, is just really, and I just thought it was any very interesting. Oh yeah, and and his, um, I guess, foresight to see how to, you know, bring satellite music into a, you know, create a couple of stations that would open up people's eyes and maybe, um, you know, find an audience for uh, newer artists that are on his record label. Or, you know, uh, for example, play like deep cut tracks from artists that you never heard of or have heard of, but never thought to, to listen. Like, a, a, for example, on, on his, his radio show, he was playing like a Supreme song from a 1960s movie that was nothing like the Supremes. It was like a psychedelic, trippy kind of song. And it was like, wow, I never heard that before, you know. And now it's one of my favorite Supreme songs, you know. So, <laughs> But, you know, and uh, I think he was like the first branded um, show on Sirius XM or XM or Sirius, whichever one he, he um, launched on first. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, that's, that's quite in a you know, the the foresight to know that, you know, something would happen with that medium, you know, and, and you know, that in and of itself is, is a cool thing. And, and taking over, like, different rock stations with his syndicated shows, I think it's, it's opened up an audience that um, may not have enjoyed that type of music or haven't been exposed to that type of music that are enjoying it, you know, so... So kudos to him for that, too. But, you know, like as as far as uh, I'm going to like jump in there and just be a little bit political here now, like Bruce and Stevie, uh, like along with like Willie Nelson and John Mellencamp, they're blue collar guys, you know, they're blue collar guys to the core. And I think a lot of people were misguided by what they sang about. And thought that they were like completely right wing <laughs> um, artists, and that the opposite is is true of them, all of them. Um, <laughs> so that that kind of like, um, you know, even even me growing up, I mean, I I didn't really know the difference between red and blue or independent or Democrat, Republican, things like that when I was growing up, but, you know, but they were bringing up issues that were like, and still are like things that the average person deals with. So people automatically assume that they're going to be like, you know, far right, which is you know, yeah. like the polar opposite of what they, they are, you know, and, and I think, you know, knowing, um, knowing what I know now, it's perfectly, you know, I, I see it perfectly. Like what they were singing about wasn't about, you know, uh, you know, let's 
uh, born in the USA, let's be all patriotic. It was like, hey, look, look, let's see what's going on in the country now. We've got to deal with this, you know, and that was like, you know, those were the 80s, you know, where everything was about excess, you know. <laughs> and they were like, wait, hold on here. You know, there are like real people like struggling here to, to make it paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what is, is kind of like full circle for me too, just knowing, you know, how they grew up and, and how they were raised and, you know, the, their households and things like that. You know, they, they were like, staunch uh, Republicans going up in their homes, but, you know, their parents or their grandparents were, and they were like, nope, see ya. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and I also, for those people who criticize, like Bruce is a millionaire, you know, trying to, um, you know, lecture to us, you know, and, and he admitted, right, like, he, his whole persona is his father and it's you know he's not worked a a regular job his whole life till he started doing broadway um but he remembers growing up poor and i talk about that that you know my parents were uh my mom did not work outside the home my father was a military man uh a you know um enlisted you know heart highest he ever rank he ever made was sergeant and he uh career military and so we were lower middle class i can remember you know uh, i I certainly don't ever remember being hungry but i i there was always this money you know that the idea of we did not have like going to going to the movies was enough treat you did not get coke and popcorn too right um and and that sticks with me today, you know, I'm 62 and, um, you know, I, I joke that when before the pandemic, you know, I went, I got movie and I got a Coke and a popcorn because I could now, you know, I, I could afford it. Uh, so even though you have um, a lot of dollars in the bank, you don't forget your upbringing and, and the things you went through as a child. Yeah, I mean, but didn't Bruce work damn hard to get where he's at today? I mean, yes, <laughs> I, you know, I don't begrudge him of that. You know, I grew up with, you know, in a, in, you know, my mom was a nurse, and uh, it was a single family home, and you know, my grandmother lived with us. She was a nurse also. My great grandmother was a nurse. I decided not to go into nursing. My sister didn't either because we had, you know. <laughs> nurses come home telling us different horror stories and I'm not a fond of the sight of like blood either. So <laughs> that, that wasn't a perfect, but music was always in my blood. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's where it led me, but you know, I knew where I came from, but you know, I, and I always worked hard to, um, you know, Make it so that, yeah, I could afford to get that bag that I saw in Macy's, you know, (laughs) but I, you know, but I understand the whole paycheck to paycheck thing and, and, you know, and beyond, you know, um, you know, it it wasn't easy growing up, um, you know, and, but I certainly don't begrudge Bruce because I know where he came from, but look at where he wound up. He worked hard for the, for the, you know, 
to make the money that he makes, but he doesn't flaunt it either. He's not like a, you know, he, he's not like out and about like flashing his Maybach or his Rolls Royce or anything like that. He's, you know, he still has the same Corvette that he had, you know, when he was a young guy, you know, <laughs> just, just that is like cool in and of itself. You know? it, it really but, is, isn't it? Uh-huh. Do yeah. So, um, you know, talk about seeing people live. Have you been able to see Bruce perform live? Um, you know what? I have seen Bruce perform live, but like in roundabout ways. I've never been to like a Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Band because I was too young, you know, and, and yeah. like the, the uh, in that period where it was, you know, not cost prohibitive to see him. Um, but I have seen him, um, like at different benefit concerts that I've been to. I've, I've saw him and little Steven at a U2 concert, little Steven's band opened for, um, U2. And then during a, an encore, Bruce and little Steven came out and jammed with them for a while. That was mm-hmm. cool. Um, <laughs> that was in Philadelphia. Um, at a stadium that is was demolished, I guess, not yeah. too long after. But, um, you know, around and in roundabout ways. Um, and I would have loved to see him on Broadway, but um, since I've moved to Florida, that was kind of impossible for me to do. Right. And, of course, COVID. So, um, <laughs> yeah, COVID. But, you know, yeah. but then, uh, you know, I, if they do... Uh, a jaunt again around the country. I, you know, it might be in my, in the cards for me, you know. Very nice. I, I hope it is. Um, the, um, is there anything else that you wanted to share that I haven't asked you yet? No, just that I love being on the show and that I love, you know, I love Bruce Springsteen. Like I said, you know, Growing older, I respect him more and, and love him more than I did when I was younger. Um, I think that that just comes with with age and knowledge. Um, sure. You know, and, um, you know, I understand his lyrics more. And, um, you know, I, I love, all, you know, everyone in the, in the E Street Band and who have collaborated with him are all, like, phenomenal musicians. Of course, you know, Little Stevie's up there as as one of my favorites, but Clarence has got to be the top one. Um, you know, I wish he was still around, um, but as do a lot of people. Um, but that's that's about it, you know, just just my love for music and and for uh Bruce, you know, it'll keep on going for the, you know, rest of my life. Yeah, uh, and you know, hopefully you are going to, you know, at the next tour, get to see a full one. I think that would be great. Um, did, are there, are there any specific songs? And I, I know you would love to hear anything, a chance to hear Clarence again, but was there anything, is there any songs you specifically would love to hear live? I don't know. Let let me. Uh, I don't know. I I love all of them, but you know, my favorite 
has got to be like a, there's there was a yeah there was a a whole thing that yeah I love the rising that that was you know that was yeah. basically I I needed that um, especially living in New Jersey at the time of of the nine eleven attack um, I don't know I'm I'm like a you know. I love 10th Avenue freeze out. That's like one of my favorite. And then that's so like cliche, but. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's a great choice. Yes. That, that's, you know, one of my favorite ones. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I like growing up. I, I love like spirit in the night. I, I, you know, and of course, you know, like born in the USA. I, I love um, glory days and Bobby Jean and, um, you know, basically, like the whole thing was was a, a hit factory that that album, and you know, I I loved like uh, Brilliant Disguise um, and One Step. I, I you know, there's yeah. there's a whole bunch of of different stuff that I love that, and of course, you got to go with Sherry Darlin. You know, oh, you're absolutely, go for a song. absolutely, <laughs> that it has to be, yes. Uh, how perfect that is great um well good well you know sherry let's um do you are you going to get back into podcasting you think down the road or you just don't know uh that's up in the air um it's i'm enjoying writing right now okay um, you know and uh I have to reevaluate because it might not be a podcast about podcasts because, uh, you know, that was a, a novel idea. If I were to, it would be about music, um, okay. you know, and, and, you know, I, there are so many music podcasts out there now that I, I don't know if, if, uh, there's room for me, but, um, you know, if I were to, I would, um, that would probably be it, um, but it, that that's all up in the air. I, I'm enjoying writing right now, okay. and um, I'm glad to be back at the Aquarian uh, writing for uh, a publication that that I wrote for uh, in the late 2000s. Um, well, or early to late 2000s, I was there for quite a while, but I'm glad to be back there now and and enjoying uh, you know just a, a little bit of of. Uh, you know doing writing that way so well if you ever decide you want to do a one-off like you've got someone you want to interview or you want to talk um just let me know and i can i can publish it for you i can help edit it i can and help you do okay so that way you'll know all right okay uh yeah all right so let's let's go to the mary question uh if you are a um, a fan of Sherry's and you uh, are doing this uh, because you used to listen to her podcast. Um, thank you for joining me. I um, ha- ask this question at the end of all my podcasts. Uh, Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, speaking of writing, has a book coming out uh, first part of December uh, that would have his class, his honors English class, would go two days studying Thunder Road, looking at all the imagery, looking at the lyrics, talking about what uh, Bruce is saying on there. And then at the end of the two days, 
he would against ask the question, does Mary get in the car? So this is your question, Sherry. Do you think Mary gets in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Okay, now let me go back because the last time I said no. Okay. And and the reason why I said no was because I didn't like how um, the character in Bruce's um, song, uh, you know, thought, thought about Mary. But mm-hmm. I changed my mind. Okay. I changed my mind. Yes, she does get into the car. With All right. And, and rides off into the sunset. Yeah, she does. Oh, good. Well, very nice. Uh, why did you decide to change your mind? I looked into it a little bit more. And okay. I really, like, jumped in into Mary's character. So, um, I was... Like, yeah, <laughs> because Mary doesn't have anything to hold her back and jumping in the car, with, you know, jumping in the car is the right decision because there's a whole world of opportunities out there. Very nice. Well, cool. Well, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way, Sherry? Okay, well, I am on Twitter and um, my Twitter um, handle, I guess you want to call it, or Twitter name yeah. is, um, is at Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y-T, as in Tom, 1970. There you will find, I post a lot, you know, about music, of course, and and do a lot of reposting. But basically, there you'll find all of my um, articles and silly, silly things. But I mostly, like, retweet, like, music that's coming out that I really enjoy or an article that I really like things of that nature. It's not really uh, mind blowing. (laughs) No, it's good though. I I love following you and I always like getting a chance to read your writing. So uh, I recommend it definitely much, you know, thank you, Sherry. I appreciate your taking time out of a Saturday joining me. Thank you. Any final words you want to share? No, just thanks to uh, you, Jesse, and to all of your listeners for tuning in and listening to to me babble about uh, music. (laughs) No, you are wonderful. So thank you. Uh, Listeners, go get vaccinated, whether it's your first one, your second one, your booster. We need to get rid of this pandemic. And the only way we're going to do it is by fighting it with science. Remember to wear your mask. Remember to be kind to each other. And let's get through this together because that's the only way we're going to. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash 
and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.